today I knew that I was wanting to make something today. Like I was excited about it and I had to be in the studio today. It was one of those days where it's not a finishing off day, it's starting a new idea. And like I could, I could feel the flow of it. I could feel that I had to be in there making. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and creative process. This is the second and final part of my conversation with Donna Louise Irvin. If you haven't heard part one, please go back to last week's episode and listen fast. The elements of storytelling and discovery play a large role in her work. With the use of mixed media, such as inks and pastels, Donna creates scenes that are full of vibrancy and depth, often considering the beauty of the natural world. That's so interesting to kind of be able to kind of be so involved in the place you live in. I think that's really nice. Um, and that's really, really interesting, actually. And I wonder if it's because you live in a more rural place, you have the kind of, not flexibility necessarily, but the kind of opportunity to do that. I think with a city, you know, it's hard, it's easy to, oh, it's hard, it's easy to feel like you don't own anything in a city because everything's always kind of expanding and, and constructing. Well, yeah, things being constructed. So I'm kind of curious, you know, because, you know, it's, it's interesting you said you've spoken about, you know, the how you live on a hill and, you know, you have like, you can leave your house and, you know, you're in like beautiful landscape. And it's like, I don't know, that kind of sense of ownership is something that's actually kind of quite fascinating. Whether or not you own it. That's the true. Point, the idea is that like, to you, it feels like you own it. Whereas to me, living in a city, I don't own anything here. It's, that's very interesting. Oh, I've not thought of it like that. That is, that is so true. And there's a sense of connection with yeah. other like when I was thinking about remembering about doing doing those paintings was that the amount of people I spoke to before you know like before we I, I mean I, I did a I had like an opening night and things like that but the people I invited to that were all these people that I'd spoken to in the lead up to it to find more about like so you know the the editor of the newspaper you know at in Huntley the the writers group who like get, put me in touch with um, Margaret Grant is the name of the, the poet. Her her family to to get permission to use the oh, well, the um, the poems in the in the painting, and you know like it was it it felt like these lovely, as you say, there's like an, an ownership and a my ownership. I suppose there was a sense of ownership of this is my this is somewhere where my children have gone to school, yeah. and this is somewhere where like you know I walk the streets and now I see it from. From where the birds do you know um yeah. it's it's uh yeah there was a lot of like connections and research but also as you say um a, a sense of that you have some kind of claim on that that's very yeah. true and yeah i hadn't thought of it like that because i've not grew up in a city i haven't yeah. lived for a long time in a city but that's to me that's so strange it's like i always kind of wonder like because I think it's it's kind of funny because the idea of living in a rural place or living in the countryside is like a lot of people's kind of like dream. They'd love to do that. Yeah. But, um, I imagine yes. it's not as easy as everyone thinks it's going to be. I, there must be a lot of challenges that come that come with it. Well, I, I don't as you say, like I I don't know. I think that maybe someone who would be able to judge that the best is someone who's lived both in the city. Yeah. And I, I can't really say, I mean, I did for a short time when I was a student, but I wouldn't say that, like, that's not the same as, you know, as being a student, which is 
totally different <laughs> than yeah, owning just, your own house. And like, it's just it's just something interesting to think about, I guess, because I think as we said earlier, like the environment affects the work you create, and I think. I wonder how people's work would be different if they lived in a different environment. If they move themselves out of a different environment. Like imagine if you did a small project where you spent a week in a city and you created just a, you know, just a piece of work for seven yes. days. Or a little small small mm-hmm. mini project for like seven days. Um, I wonder how that impacts the work you create. I'd be very interested to see something like that. Or vice versa, take people out of the city and put them into the countryside for a week and see what That's- they produce. Yeah, put them into the countryside, see what happens for them. I think I think um, the older I get, the more I, I know what I'm interested in drawing and painting now. And, and um, um, I, 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 funnily enough, the bit I didn't enjoy too much about doing that particular project was like drawing the houses. I find <laughs> like I think I'm naturally drawn I think, to more um, sinuous shapes than than houses themselves I, I don't know if they something about, I, th- I think I spoke about this before something about the angular nature of them yeah. don't doesn't speak to me but as you say it's it's a good thing to push yourself and see and see and see what would happen mm-hmm. it's a really interesting thing for me is because I get to speak to you know a lot of different artists there's artists in mind mm-hmm. like there's an artist called joe peel who interviewed a long time ago and, and her work is all about gentrification and the way the city is always changing and it's kind of really interesting because yeah. without the city her work wouldn't exist um and the way you're passionate about you know scotland and the landscapes you paint she's passionate about the city it's kind of nice to see you're both both very different but you're both producing really great art and you kind of you're producing kind of like very different things with very different people for very different audiences for, for very different purposes. That's very mm-hmm. interesting to see. I, I think that's very interesting. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> it interests me anyway. <laughs> just, like, just like just kind of the contrast of, of how people can be so different, yet we're always still so similar. I think that's what I'm very yes. interested in. Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess. And art's just like a great unifier because, you know, we all kind of go through the same struggles of, you know, creating, feeling like we're good creatures, you know, just kind of being you know marketing and being known you know we all go through the same kind of struggles but our kind of what we're trying to say the purpose is very different uh, I think that's you yeah. know, something that fascinates me which is why I like it's why you know I like getting to talk to different people because you kind of understand not everybody's on the same page but everyone has the same common goal which is to tell a story oh. um, yeah I suppose they do yeah so my next question is um so what is the sacrifice yeah. or compromise of being an artist Um, what do I have to sacrifice? Um, uh, there's a few. Uh, the thing that comes into my head first is because I like I I don't I don't like creating with anyone else. I like being on my own to make things. And <laughs> um, so the sacrifice I have to make is um, spending time with anyone else. Like it's always about. I have to be in that zone alone. <laughs> so it's a case of uh, compromising how I can get balance in my life with all the other things that are important, as in my husband, my kids, um, and their lives as well, you know, like balancing that. So that is probably the, the hardest bit. And uh um, and it was, it's definitely, you know, come to a head from this last year of 
uh, pandemic and the kids um, being at home was challenging, but also motivated me as well. It like it sort of sharpened my mind to that. I mean, like, I need this. I need, I need to be able to balance, have have this in my life, and know that I'm doing a good enough job of bringing you up to you know. <laughs> and actually, how do you balance kind of like family life with being an artist? Well, I think I've only got. A, it's it's become easier because they're older. Um, but it's 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 not easy because um, there's days. I I think I think the the problem with creativity is that it doesn't really work on a schedule. You you um, I'm, I think I'm fairly lucky because I feel pretty much inspired and happy to create most days. There's not many days where I feel like. I don't want to go into the studio. I don't want to paint. It's quite unusual when I don't want to. And if I'm tired out and anything like that. But your best work, you have to, when you know that you're like today, today I knew that I was wanting to make something today. Like I was excited about it and I had to be in the studio today. It was one of those days where it's not a finishing off day, it's starting a new idea and like I could, I could feel the flow of it. I could feel that I had to be in there making, and um, and that doesn't. And you have to strike while the iron's hot, and that's that's the really tricky bit. When you know, when the kids need you to, or the kid, like my daughter wasn't well yeah. yesterday, so those things have to yeah. come first. Yeah, it's good. Something that I think I for sure take for granted, like the time I have to do things, um, and I kind of. It's, it's easy to forget like there are people out there having to balance things you know that they can't really not spend time on like you can't like you can not create but also you can not spend time with your family like, you have to find a balance and it's like no matter how hard it is you have to find that balance and I think that's something that mm-hmm. actually I should probably ask more artists about because I think it's an important kind of consideration to have that you know the idea of balance and kind of making sure that you're not doing too much but you're not obviously doing nothing so yeah I I wonder I I remember somebody speaking to me about this before that um I I don't know if it's a question you'd want to ask but um that is that well I I would be interested to know if you find this out like when you're speaking to male artists female artists and mothers and fathers are is do mothers have more of an onus on you know do they get less time to make their art do is there is there a gender divide there I'd be interested to know if, like, if there's See, that's more a really good question. I'm just trying to think about everybody I've, I've interviewed. Um, to be honest, most people I've interviewed have kind of a similar to you who's just said, you know, oh, they managed to balance it. But I think in terms of gender-wise, I don't think so far I've heard of a particular one way or the other. Um, but I would mm-hmm. imagine that mothers probably have less time just be, due to obviously, as you can imagine, the demands of, of mothers just generally. But then I don't know. I, it just depends on people's personal circumstances. Maybe they're not together uh-huh. or, you know, maybe they have their children on certain days or whatever. Oh, it totally so, depends. I, yeah. I just wonder if there's the same, there's the same guilt, you know, that. Um, I wonder. That's a the, really good question to ask. That's a really good question to ask. Um, but I think I, because I kind of just because I, just because it says in the news and things like that that it's women that have um, 
uh, like with the pandemic, it's more been an onus on them doing the care, them doing the education. Certainly the case in, in my family, that's true. But I don't know. I mean, I don't I can't speak for everyone. But, I think unfortunately, I think unfortunately society is put on, you know, women to be more of the caretakers. And I think that's very unfair. Mm-hmm. I think it should be every responsibility personally. Um, yeah. You know, the same way, like, you know, breadwinners can be women as well. There's obviously nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, of course. Yeah. But I also think, yeah, I, I imagine so. I imagine that is definitely the case. And actually, that's a really interesting question to ask and or trying to just consider um, just in general in life and people's everyday life in terms of how much pressure the pandemic has put on everybody. But yeah, especially women, actually. That's, a, that's something really interesting I haven't thought about. Um, that I very much haven't thought about. It's something definitely to think about. Because, you know, it's it's all well, you know, people going, you know, okay, cool, we've had this time to chill at home. When, you know, it's kind of not really like that at all. Like, like I imagine you're not just sitting around with your feet up. You've got 101 things to be doing that don't involve you doing what you want to be doing. So, Absolutely, you know, yeah. maybe we should yeah. actually kind of reconsider, you know, yeah, the kind of role of, of not just women in society, I guess, but also just kind of the balance of caretaking, particularly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, tell me if you find out, Alan. <laughs> That's just a really interesting question. I'm going to definitely write this down and or I'm definitely going to kind of inquire about that. Um, that's kind of interesting i've never thought about it like that though actually but now you mention it i think just generally with society i think um people just kind of assume that mothers are going to be you know quote unquote the motherly role and kind of take more care but that's you know not always the case maybe some women don't really and, want to be and, mothers. Uh, and we can't speak for all mothers but yeah, i'm course. fairly sure that um I can say that you you want to you absolutely want to I mean I do want to step in I do want to care but then you're pulled in all directions to be yeah. uh, to be a creative and 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 there's yeah there's just a lot of I just I, I just wonder like you know um, it, if you're a father do you have do you still have the same freedom to create i don't know i don't know but depends how much you care how much responsibility you have for your kids i know, I know a few artists i could ask that question to actually a few artists i've interviewed quite recently that i could probably ask that question to granted it's quite a personal question though i'm trying to think how i'm going to frame that yeah you need to be like don't, <laughs> don't follow me <laughs> Ash, but i had this question <laughs> No, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm pretty sure there's cool people I could probably ask. If I find if I find out, I'll let you know. Like for sure, that's really interesting. Yeah, actually. do it, um, do it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really interesting consideration. It's like, but then I guess it's kind of like, do like like how does your gender affect the kind of work you create and what you're interested in? Mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. you know, it's like, for instance, you know, is this a conversation? No, right, we won't get this conversation. This could go on for a while, so no, we won't go there. But like, yeah. that's the kind of thing I'm interested in as well. Like, like how does kind of I guess, you know, like everywhere where you're coming from affects the kind of stuff you create. It's kind of interesting, particularly with something like landscapes where, you know, actually I think landscapes are very interesting because to me and what I've seen personally is a very kind of 50-50 split of men and women creating landscapes. There's no kind of one or the other. Um, And I actually really like that. I think that's really interesting. Some of my favorite landscape painters, like people like like Michael Claxton, whose work I absolutely adore. I think his work is incredible. you know, but he's the man, he creates landscapes and he does such a, an amazing job. And it's kind of yeah, interesting because I think a lot of times landscapes can be seen as very feminine um, because, you know, it's about nature. And, you know, sometimes weirdly mm-hmm. nature can be seen as feminine, but it's kind of interesting. What are your thoughts on that, actually? 
<laughs> what are my thoughts on whether nature is feminine? Yeah, or, yeah like yeah, saying um, it's like a feminine subject. I suppose so. I mean, I, I, but as you say, that like I think there is a pretty even split of men and women reacting to landscapes in yeah. whatever way. Certainly, certainly, all the like if I'm talking this, the photographers that I speak to are mostly who take beautiful photographs of landscape and they they are obviously hiking somewhere pretty remote to to get these wonderful um, pictures that they make a lot of them I've come across a lot of men taking pictures of landscape but then if you think I suppose if you think of it as a feminine subject if it was I don't know what the landscape is then there's been a, I suppose, there's always been men painting women and the, yeah. the male gaze and the... Of course. Yeah, so I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it? I suppose it, it matters to everyone, doesn't it, the place you live? And um, the male gaze actually segues quite nicely into my next question, which is the idea about, about the gaze and art in terms of your work. So it's like, do you think that, um, I don't know, do you think that, do you have like a particular viewer in mind when you create your work? Do I have it? No, I don't think I do. Um, it depends, it depends. No, that's not true. I'm doing a commission. I definitely have the person I'm making the painting for in mind. I, I want, obviously, I want to please them. I want them to, I want to have captured the en energy that, you know, that they're wanting from your view. I, I, like, you know, even, what, but what I really like to do is to, um, so I suppose I do think about them, but what I think about doing is surprising them. I like the idea of surprising them in a, painting and and surprising myself some, as well in any landscape I make I remember I can't remember if I spoke to you about this or not if I've just written it down but I read this book about um about a piece of like pieces of music and how like a good piece of music has to have an element of surprise in it like ones that are most the ones you like the best like any classical piece or anything like that it has something that your your brain anticipates what's going to happen um, with the patterns of that you're listening to in your, okay. uh, in your processing. And um, so a really good piece su surprises you and uh, it maybe has a pause where it shouldn't or has like an unusual instrument. Or, and I, I love the idea of taking that into a landscape or when, I, when I'm thinking of painting for someone else, I think, what could I bring to this that they won't, they won't expect? And um, one, one painting I made recently was of a view um, of from, from their house, because they're, they're moving up to Scotland, actually. They, they live down in Suffolk. And uh, what I liked about it was that they take, the photo they'd taken, they had the reflection in, their, in the window. They'd taken it through their window. And so when I... Um, when I looked at it, I could see the reflection. When I pr I printed off that, so that even made it even more obvious on the print. So once I printed out that picture and I took it into the studio, you could really see the like the, the way the printer had done it. Like it had come out, it had um, made it more orange, and it had. So I really played that up, even though that wasn't really even the landscape. It, it was like a little. I suppose it was a little joke to myself as well that like. I thought, what would happen if I made this part of the foreground a wee bit more orange, even though you know it's not there? And it, it sort of says that this is your window. 
<laughs> even though you know you didn't know that you'd taken it. But I like that idea of that. Um, I don't know. I suppose an element of surprise because that orange is not there, but it. Yeah. But it does something to it did something to the painting. It worked, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll see what they make of it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's cool. That's really nice though. Because kind of like that kind of executive decision to be like, oh no, actually, this will be a good idea. And oh, I actually want to change it here. Because it's gonna, you know, you're creating work for yourself, first and foremost. So it's quite nice for you to be able to have control of what you're doing. I, I do, I do. I like um, the the critic I think most of is the person not not I think most of that sounds like you know hold in high esteem. I don't mean that. I mean I mean the critic that what makes me feel most satisfied about painting is when that inner critic is as quiet as possible at the end of it. I think to myself, yeah, I'm. As, I mean, it's obviously not perfect, but I'm. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to where I want to be. And how critical are you normally about your own work? Oh, I'm critical about everything. Hugely judgmental. <laughs> about everything I do in my entire life if anyone anyone who knows me knows that I am I am a, I am a, I am a fierce critic but I think that's really cool that I hold I live in a surprise and I, and I kind of kind of curious about like so how do you kind of silence that critic because I think one of the biggest challenges for people particularly actually when you're starting out is to kind of stop being so critical of your own work because you should just be able to create uh, but so like how do you kind of temper that I guess how do you stop your inner Well, I, I think that you've got to accept that that your inner critic, if you if used correctly, is is there to really help you and like is there to help you make what you're making better. And if you didn't have that, then you're you're never gonna progress. So accepting that for a start, I think, would be would be the main thing. But um so I don't think it always needs silence. I think it, it becomes it's when it becomes unhelpful. It's how it's been, you know, it's it's when Criticizing for criticizing sake is always going to put you put you completely off any new work. Um, but I do think it's important to be able to first and foremost, foremost, um, be be satisfied with what you've made, and, and you have to because, like, I think as an, an artist, I was saying this at a party the other week there, actually, <laughs> as I do sitting on my my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> about uh, I was talking about how how this one of the hardest things about being an artist is or is that the fact that you have to give yourself your own job title whereas yeah. when you go for any other job somebody else gives you pretty much any other job somebody else gives you that title you know like you've gone to, but when you go to even if you've gone to art school you still have to be able to call yourself an artist and uh, believe that. So you've got at that point, you've got that's where you've got to silence your inner critic. You've got to be able to say, "I believe that in what I'm doing." <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. that is that that take, can take. Well, it's certainly taken me years to be able to do that. That's really, really good advice, though. Actually, I must say that's very good advice. Is it? No, it is. It's, 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 it. No, no, it's it's only that like I've never thought about it that way. But I mentioned it, you're right. It's because it's, you know, you kind of choose the time to call yourself an artist and you kind of choose the time to put your work out there. It's kind of it's a mm -hmm. very personal kind of 
form of work I guess because it's just like you know you're right it's kind of a lot of it's deciding on when you feel ready as opposed to when everybody else wants you to do stuff and that's kind of it's a lot of pressure yeah my, my brother said to me um you know that he, he was just he was saying to me that he, oh, it was very nicely saying to me that like it was nice to see me believing in what I do yeah. now you know like he was he was enjoying seeing that and I thought oh that's really kind of him to say but he says but we've always known like you know, that's yeah. what you do and who you are but it's nice to see you um well I suppose taking my job title and um uh, you know crowning myself as an artist yeah, but what, a lovely, ever, what a lovely thing to say and what a lovely thing to hear yeah it really was it really was yeah, that's very special I think that's very special uh-huh. um, I think not everybody is so supportive of the arts particularly family-wise and I think you know to have you know siblings who are who are very supportive I think that's a great thing that that can only be a, a really great thing for you absolutely yeah you, well you need it that that's what you're when you're talking about silence silencing an inner critic is you need well also my my I would more than anything put my husband in that camp where um he is the one that I would show my work to first and I you need someone who can support you like that and also also be the critic too say like you know this doesn't this maybe needs a wee bit more here Donna or like he, he can do that and I can I trust his view on it more than anyone else and but as you say it's so important it's so important to have someone else who's your cheerleader in that kind of in that kind of arena because when you're having a bad day you need that person to be able to like oh, come on come on you can still do this Absolutely. That's very special. That's very special. Um, yeah. Right. So my next question um, would be, so do you ever worry about repeating ideas and or kind of like, how do you choose to evolve as an artist? Yeah. Um, I worry about it less now. I, I did. I would have worried about it much more when I was younger, um, where I had more of an idea, more of a, no, I, I trust myself more now that there's it's a um, that what I'm making is always um, there's always a, not a progression that uh, I'm moving on and I trust that in a way that I didn't when I was younger that there's something always there to be excited about and curious about um, yeah. Yeah, repetition of ideas. I don't, as I say, I don't think I really worried about that anymore. I, I think that I, I, I sort of think what I'm always. I read this. I read this book about um, big magic. It was called and um, and Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote it, was saying that if you have a bad patch that you should just find what you're curious about. And I think that I'm always curious about something. And then, and now as I get older, I think that when I look back at like my journals and my diaries and things like that, I just naturally, you just naturally become interested in different things and, and, and your, your life changes. And I now trust that that's always going to be the case. So it doesn't, I'm not really too worried about repeating things. That's, I mean, I think of like things like Monet 
and his haystacks and painting them. Yeah. He painted the same scenes over and over again, and they were always different. They were so. No, the landscape is so changeable that like, and there's so many out there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there's so much, so much to paint, but I, 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 yeah, it's not something I really worry about. So I want to talk a little bit about exhibiting your work and kind of the uh -huh. idea of exhibiting art. So like, how did you get into exhibiting your work? And um, at what point did you know your work was good enough to exhibit? Um, I still don't know what's good enough to exhibit. That is an ongoing, that is an ongoing process. I mean, I think, I, I think that you have to, it's, a, it's again back to that unshakable belief that you need to have in yourself. Once you call yourself an artist, You've, you've already decided that what you've made is worth showing people, I think. Because what's you've already decided that other people should see it. And so then the exciting part is how, how do you do that? And where do you do that? And how does your work interplay in a different space? Those are all really interesting things to explore. And like um, something I'd like really like to do more of, but uh, this last year has not of course, not yeah. been when I've been exploring that. That has been this has been more of a certainly more of a virtual space, which it has been interesting in itself. Like exhibit that that's its own kind of exhibition actually, like with its own rules. And yeah, that that has been a really interesting learning curve for me. But uh, yeah, so the two questions there was. How, what, what was it? Something about no, I've forgotten the first bit. <laughs> it's gone. What was the first bit? How do you, I, the first bit? How do you decide your work is good enough? <laughs> I've forgotten your first bit. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> it's been a long day. I'm so sorry. Um, I said, how did you get into exhibit? Wait, yeah, how did you get into how did you get into exhibiting your work? Um, how did I get into it? How did I get into it? I just wanted, you know, I think I just, as I do with a lot of things in my life, I wanted to see, it seemed like the best, when you go to art school, it's, it, it's what, it's it's just what's expected of you, I think. I think you you know that this is, if you want to be an artist, then you have, you have to exhibit that. I mean, it just, it just is, or you're not an artist. You don't even feel validated, I think, as an artist if you haven't at least try to exhibit what you've made. Yeah, that's true. I mean, do you think that you could exist as an artist without having to exhibit your work? I don't personally think so, no. I think that, um, well, no, no, that's not true. I think you, you can, you would, it, you could still be an artist because you'd be calling yourself an artist, but, it's like a, if a tree falls in the wood, isn't it? It's like yeah. you need. To, I mean, I, I, well, it's a hugely rewarding part of it. Is the the how someone else interacts with what you've made um, that you have no control over, and you hand over the reins to them. How they look at it, how they, if they have it in their in their own personal space, how it interacts with them. You know, like if they're sitting with their cup of coffee in the morning, looking at your painting what you know there's there's this whole other relationship you've made with with your work that you would miss out on and I think that that's one of the most special parts of making a painting is that connection you make with somebody else um who 
who loves it. And if you don't ever show it, if you only see it yourself, then you'll never, you'll never get to make that story. That's a very interesting consideration. Um, that's very interesting. Um, that's yeah. Also, probably personally for me, that's very interesting because I've got a lot of work that I've shot over the last, you know, good five years that I have not shown anybody. Nobody's seen because I, I don't know if I like it or not. Um, so that's a kind of a really interesting thing to think about. Like actually, when you put it out there, you don't know what's going to happen, and that's kind of the fun of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's something interesting to think about. Maybe I might just actually post it then. That might be cool. Um, Part of the adventure. <laughs> that's interesting. It's got me thinking about like, is there any like? This is probably not necessarily a question for you, but I might ask the next person. Unfortunately, they might not like me for this. But it's like any like limitations to being an artist. I guess would be something interesting to talk about. Like, at what point do you stop becoming an artist? Um, if you can, maybe there's something to explore potentially in my next interview. I don't know. We'll see. That's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, just because, just because you said, obviously, when I asked you about if you don't exhibit, are you an artist? And you said you're not too sure, and it kind of got me thinking. But if somebody says sold work just purely on Instagram. And that's all they did. Would that still make them an artist? I don't know though, because they're not really doing quote unquote the artist kind of lifestyle of of you know exhibiting and stuff. But at the same time, they're technically an artist. But then I th I think there's there's I think you can do it any way you like. Uh, I think you could do it solely through a social media if you wanted to. I think that's its own kind of exhibition. But um there is a different connection to someone. I mean, you, you can't, well, whenever I have, I have um, you know, shipped my work anywhere and somebody has opened up the package and they've only seen it in a photo on, on the website, on my website or on Instagram, they have a completely different relationship to that painting. Um, because, well, you can't, re you can't really recreate what it's like to be in front of a, a real painting, the yeah. size of it the the um the physicality of it i suppose see that is so true though because i went to i probably mentioned the last part but i went to i went to london in july for an art fair and actually a uh -huh. lot of people's well, there's a particular artist whose work i really loved called um, matt jukes um, and i'm going to interview him at some point next year but the problem is that his work does not work well online because you need to be physically there to see it um, and was, uh, we had yes. a really great conversation about it and i think that's kind of proof that you should go and see art. I think viewing art is so important because you're right. What it looks like on the wall in a gallery is not what it looks like on the computer screen. And I think it's very no. easy to forget that because we're so used to looking at thumbnails and scrolling past stuff. I think it's it's easy to forget that we're looking at a physical object, not just a picture. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. And also, I, I remember seeing the... Uh, where did I see this? I can't remember. But um, the, even how you how you present it, how you like, you physically present your work. So say it was a painting, that if you put glass in in your painting to protect it for whatever reason, that can, you can lose um, a lot of connection with the viewer. The viewer doesn't feel as attached yeah. to it. It, it, it. it is a physical division, but also somewhere, like I think we've proven in some kind of scientific way that, that you're not as connected to that piece of work that's really interesting but that's also really interesting for me because it's like it'd be cool if you put like something like a highly reflective surface over the top of your work so when people yeah. look at it, they saw themselves as well so therefore they kind of connect of with the themselves that's quite an interesting yeah. idea uh, particularly in this society that would work quite well i imagine 
Um, so I think that's kind of a really interesting idea. Even so, like that's interesting. But yeah, presentation is something you can't really do in a thumbnail in the same way, quite the same way. Yeah, so yeah that's true. Mm -hmm. So my next question for you is about community. And it's like, do you think that you're part of a larger art community? Um, I wouldn't have said I was um, uh, at all. Um, but since since I've, I've started, well, I think I started, after I did the, the Paint the Town exhibition, I made an effort to go onto Instagram and be part of that. And, and I would say that now that... I think I think in my own own experience that that has been hugely enriching and there is a definite I mean you're part of this community now I'm course, having this wonderful absolutely. conversation with you um and I I get such interesting messages I was speaking to this um this wonderful sculptor the other day there like people I've never speak to um in real <laughs> in real life but who it's I find incredibly inspiring that you can have these conversations so easily with someone on the other side of the world. It's or 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 even like locally that you never you even have spoken to. Um, it's 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 an incredible it's an incredible thing. I, yeah, I do feel like I'm part of a community now, and um, I, and it's an exciting thing for me. So that actually segues very nicely into my next section about social media, which I won't make as long mm -hmm. as I normally would, because I don't think it's necessary, because your work's not particularly mm -hmm. social media heavy. But um, I do actually really love the way you use social media, though. I actually really love reading your posts. I love, like, there's so much thought that goes into them. Um, and you really kind of put yourself into your work, like, in every way. And I, I really respect and appreciate that, personally. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, like, I guess, just as a, a, the top of the... Um, line question would be like so you know what are your thoughts on social media and is it something you enjoy it's something that I would never have thought I would enjoy um being a lifelong introvert and um and also you know I um I didn't do Facebook I've never been on anything like that before but I, I as, as I said I did this I thought right let's see what Instagram's about and I really really enjoy it I see it as an extension now of my how I creatively show my work and as you say that I enjoy writing about it as well yeah. and the the interplay of what you can do with that like you know what you can say about your work the pro, sometimes I write about the process sometimes I'm make a silly joke so sometimes it's something much more serious and and it depends on how you feel that day and that that in itself is hugely creative it's um yes yeah, so yeah I've I really enjoyed that aspect of it and also speaking as also as I say the the interplay of speaking to other artists and not and, and I mean on on or other creators, other people who've written books, other people who have um, musicians, um, who all bring something different. Uh, who might who might speak about your work in a different way? Like even like some of the comments I get, really, some people just write such thoughtful things. Not just a heart. Some some yeah. people really think about what they want to say, and, and, and it can be so meaningful. One one of them, one of the, uh, one comment I got. Um, was talking about, I had thought of my work in that way. They said, I just, 
I love how this person said, I love how the energy that you put into, like, that, that comes across in your landscapes. And when I thought of it like that, that is something, it's like a word I wrote up in my in my studio. It sort of influenced that because I thought, that is what I'm doing. I hadn't I hadn't put a word to that before. I am looking for the energy in everything I'm painting. And, and so that actually, you know, sort of, directed where I wanted to put my work next it gave it a label it gave it a a fuel to to where you know the the next destination I suppose that's really amazing though but like what kind of so what kind of feedback do you often get and what kind of feedback do you like um I get well as I say I get some in some people like write some really thoughtful things about what it means to them which you know then you get the immediate reaction of like oh, I, I hadn't expected someone to think of that sometimes people message me personally um like the other day there somebody who, a collector she uh, lives in London and uh had, has bought a few of my paintings and they'd been looking on my website and were saying, you know, like, I, I like this part of it. And it was like proper feedback and what they thought I could improve on or, and, uh, or I could, you know, what they felt would maybe be better for the, like, I don't know. It's just, you have these conversations where some people, as I say, some people, because I suppose you're so accessible with Instagram that, um, you have these really quite, uh, you know, you can get quite into talking about a painting with someone you've never met before. So it's, uh, it's yeah, it, for an introvert, it's like, it's great. You can think about what you want to say next. <laughs> and, and how important is it for you to be accessible? Oh, uh, mm, well, Well, let me illustrate this by my mobile phone. <laughs> is that I never have it on me. Okay. <laughs> I bet my my husband uh, my husband fields all my calls. I live on a hill. Oh. I don't want to be accessible one bit. But uh, Instagram allows me to be on my own terms. I suppose <laughs> it kind of terrifies me the thought of someone being able to reach me whenever they wanted to. <laughs> you know, it's just that I quite like I love my own space, and yeah. Okay, then. So I guess an interesting question to ask you from that would then would be, like, how do you keep up with everybody on social media, you know, with, you know, the, the, your inbox and, you know, obviously also replying to people and then you're maybe replying to comments and, you know, like, how do you keep up with that? Uh, well, I think it's really difficult to, and like, it, 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 it's a learning process for me because it feels like if you don't, then, especially if you've made sort of connections and with people that you're being rude if you don't and the more people that follow yeah. you the more people that leave a, a comment and it feels it feels rude not to so um not to reply in some way but I there must be a tipping point you must get to a certain point where you you can't possibly I think because like it's just not feasible I did a I, I did a course where um it was kind of about you know, sort of giving you the business side of selling your art online, making a website, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things was to be on all of the, like be on Twitter, be on, and make like, make one year, one year, your focus, but like be on all of them. And when we're talking about balance, how do you possibly do that? That is, I don't know anyone who could do that. 
look, you know, like, and, and do it well. <laughs> you just basically it's have true. to have no life. And when would you have time to paint? I mean, when would you have time to make? Just, I think, I think that's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm always very, very interested at how people can create stuff and also still manage to be on social media and kind of put the time to making reels, put the time into creating videos, put the time into responding to everybody, put the time to actually making the work. You know, it's social media is a full-time job. Um, and a lot of artists I've spoken to would really love someone to manage their social media for them. And I kind of wonder, yes. like, do you think that we should there should be more kind of social media management for artists and the kind of more, I don't know, di- dialogue about it, I guess? I think... Um... Yeah, I, I don't you see that people who say that they, they want someone else to manage their social media, though. Um, well, for me, it's what we were just speaking about there, that maybe they're maybe they're missing the, the, the point that like, you, do you want someone else doing that? Would you really? Because would they be saying what you want to say about your work? Yeah, of course, that would be the, well, they don't do it because it's like you won't have control of that. You'd give that control to somebody else. And. And that's your reputation and that's your image. You know, that's a lot to yeah, somebody there, else. There's a, yeah, yeah, a lot of stake. There's a lot. There's a lot at stake. I can totally understand why, like, it's, you know, people would rather be, I mean, I would always, always be, rather be yeah. painting. But, like, if it depends on your attitude to it, I think. And I, I, have, I have seen it as this is all part of the job of creating. And so, like, and I want to be in control of it, as, as you said. Like, if some, I don't know if I... I'd need to have someone that I basically trust, you know, like, as you say, your reputation, your your yeah. personality as well. Yeah. Could someone else do that? For me, I no, I, I don't think they could. <laughs> and I don't think I'd want them to. Yeah, I, no, I agree. It's something really interesting to think about because I think, yeah, it's like, it's a whole, it's like a full-time job just for that. Um, but do you think that, so as your audience grows, do you ever feel more pressure to create more work? No. No, I'm not feeling. I I don't feel. I feel. Um, I think it's really easy to buy into those. That you know, like all those things that come up and say that you you have to post so many times a week, and you know, like words like algorithm and stuff like that. <laughs> um, no, I don't want to be that guy. To be honest, I want to be. I want to create on my own terms. I I work quickly anyway, so I don't feel that um I don't really feel the pressure of it to be honest. No. I'm always really interested in the idea of the artist and their audience and kind of like, you know, because your audience, the people who put you on this platform, kind of raise you up on this platform. But then it's also like, at what point do you feel like you kind of also owe them for the kind of platform they're giving you? I, I like the yeah. kind of, like I like the I'm always interested in the dynamic between audience and artist and kind of like at what point does the audience and the artist merge? Um, at what point does your work become kind of collective, the collective consciousness of those who follow you? Oh, that is tricky. That is a tricky thing to answer. Um, at what point do you merge with your audience? I think I think that comes back to your inner critic again. That um, that I I suppose when I'm painting, the first audience member is that that part of my brain that is going, oh I know I know when it is. Do you know what I know when it is? I've got it. I've got it. It's when. It's when. 
from the terms of Instagram, it's when I take a picture of my painting. It's when I photograph it to put it onto Instagram. That's when I think about the viewer. And that's when I see all my mistakes. That's when I see that that's not how I want that to look. And I quite often have taken a picture and go, nah, not putting that up. There is something missing there. It, It gives me... Weird, it's like reading your work out loud. You know, like you know when you write something yeah. down and you read it to someone else and hear all your mistakes. You take a photo of your. When when I take a photo of my painting, that's when I become. That's when I merge with the audience. I become the audience there because I see it through their eyes, or like um, oh, wow. when you read a piece of that. I think that's the moment for me. That's really interesting. That's such an interesting idea. The idea of separation from your own work. That's really interesting. Because, you know, as an artist, you're the one who creates the work. You know everything that's gone into it. You know the history. Yeah. You know, me as a viewer, I just look at it and say, do I like it or do I not like it? You know, it's kind of, unfortunately, quite a a quick judgment on my part, as opposed to you, it's like your time. I know. I've been asking that for hours beforehand and and standing back from it and looking at it and getting sick of looking at it. But funnily enough, as soon as it's the separation of like lifting up a device that you can see on a screen it is separation. It's right. It, it allows you to be the observer, I think. Well, it does for me. I don't know if that happens for everyone else. But I was thinking about that the other day. That's funny how when you take a photo, it is. It's like reading aloud. Mm, it's screens and separation. That's like a really interesting kind of concept to explore. I don't know. That's something I'm going to mm-hmm. think about exploring at some point. That's really interesting. Because um, when you said that, I just thought about how interesting would it be to have an image projected on like an image divide into different screens or something I don't know something like that I don't know that just gave me some really cool ideas when you said that uh-huh. I said, oh that's cool I had to write that down <laughs> okay so if nobody saw your work would you still create it yeah I, well I did for years and no one saw my work so yes I would and you do too obviously like yeah. me works <laughs> no one sees. and um and and I make stacks of it that no one's going to see because I don't think it's good enough as well or I don't like it at that time and then I sort of put it into the corner of the studio and uh, let it fester for a bit maybe come back to it maybe not <laughs> and actually that's not something I was going to ask but now you've just mentioned that that makes me really think of a a really good kind of not a question necessarily but a consideration of the idea of time and kind of like like how much time do you leave between creating a piece of work and then posting it online depends how excited I am about it um usually Usually I'm excited to share it if I like it. If I if I know it's finished, I want to share it pretty much immediately, I think. And get that feeling of, what do you think? I have to have a sense of that it's finished and I'm excited about it. But then it is quite nice to... Um, well, I'm going to explore. I haven't, I haven't got time to think about it yet. But um, on my website, I, 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 um, I wanted to like instead of having one of those, you know, those the uh, what you call them letters, like, like an email, not a letter, an email, like um, you know, an email list where yes, yeah, a mailing list, isn't it? It's a mailing list. That's what I'm talking. About. A newsletter, a mailing list. And I was thinking, how can I be? I haven't I haven't quite got to the kernel of how I'm going to be creative about this, but I want I wanted to take the marketing feel out of that, you know, like that because yeah. it is a, it's a marketing tool. It, okay. I I don't want it to be a I, well, of course I want to sell my work, but I I don't want I don't 
want to be a suit. <laughs> I want to, yeah. I want to, how can I use that creatively? So my thought was when you're saying about um you're saying about when do you show your work? I thought, could this be something I've I called it my <laughs> the secret sketching society? And I, I thought it could be more of a community, more of a thing where you share sketches that you would I wouldn't show on. Okay. I wouldn't show on social media, um, but I would share with people who wanted to put the time in because, like, it's quite a big thing giving someone else your email address, isn't it? Um, So, so it's like a as an act of trust. So, I wanted to see if I could do something that works on that level. Like, we're you know, it's like a you give me something, so, so I give something back. I don't know. I want to make it personal. Yeah, what I've read of that. I don't know how to do it quite well. I mean, one thing you could do, I guess, it's kind of, I don't know if it will work out necessarily the right way, but you can always open up a Patreon or something and have people pay you, like, say, a very cheap price um, and do it that way so you can have people who you know are going to be interested in doing it. And you'd get some, like, you know, some kind of financial gain from it as well because, obviously, it's time and investment in your part. You could do it like that, I guess. That's true. Could do. As I say, it's one of those ones that I'm. it's going to floating in ether I like the idea, though. I think when there definitely I'm going needs to, to be that. like more kind of critique groups and kind of more kind of constructive, you know, constructive criticism of people's work. Because I think, I think for me, like one of the biggest problems with social media that I see is that the feedback for artists, uh, you know, and I'm very guilty of it myself. It's like, oh, this is also more of oh, smiley, smiley face or a heart emoji, yes. and it's, emojis, yeah. and that's great, but it doesn't help you in any way. You know, that's true. Although saying that, I have had, I've had this. Uh, a few times now where where I've had um, people who have, especially after lockdown, have come back to painting, uh, maybe haven't painted since they were at school. And um, in fact, somebody just a couple of weeks ago, she 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 DM'd me with a couple of paintings she, she'd done and asked, could I give her any advice on it? And so I wrote her back just, um, saying, you know, just some feedback on what so it was like a genuine conversation where well it was it was very nice to be to be asked I mean because but the thing is I mean like I'm no expert but like I I felt that was and as you say like a nice instead of just like writing smiley face you know emojis hearts etc you're really connecting with somebody else and and maybe giving them feedback on yeah well a proper critique rather than yeah it's nice that's nice to hear it's nice to hear that social media is actually being social rather than not um well it has been for me <laughs> i don't know if that's the case your posts are very kind of they're almost like diary entries you know they're very personal and i and i love that like i don't think there's many other artists that really do it quite in the same way um a lot, a lot of people you know myself included use instagram very kind of business-like it's very kind of this mm-hmm. is it that's it where your posts are so like there's exclamation marks there's a capital letters those are kind of just <laughs> just enthusiasm for what you do it's very easy to see that you've thought about what you're writing you didn't just write it to write it you actually sat down and thought about it and the emotion you put into it is emotion i get out of it like it's it's absolutely great how you use social media i absolutely love it oh thank like, you i love to see it um and it's always fun because your posts are always so different as well which is what's lovely about it <laughs> it's like you know well, I think people should learn from you i think I think I, I, 
as I say, I think it comes down to, I think it comes down to trust. I, like, as I say, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm sharing my work, it is very personal. There's no other way to go about it. Like it's, it's, uh, it's putting yourself out there. If someone says that they don't like what I've painted, I will take it personally. And, um, and so writing about it feels like a very natural extension of the painting itself. And I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy finding, um, finding quotes. I, I mean, I read a lot. I enjoy showing, because that is really what my sketchbooks are like. They are full of quotes. They are full of um, ripped out pages from a book that like I, I it's uh, that's going into those landscapes too what I'm reading at the time what I'm watching what I'm listening to it it, it is in some form happening there on the canvas from like yeah it, does that sound ridiculous but no that's amazing it's kind that's, of that's amazing that's so cool so what does it mean to be a successful artist and how do you measure the success of your own work Um, I think I can only answer that from what I think a successful artist is. And I think, first and foremost, you must be having fun, enjoying what you do. Um, and actually really being proud of what you've made um, is, is the first thing of success. Uh, and then the next part would be that you... <laughs> the next part is that other people agree with you on that on some level and, and and what I touched on before is that you make this very brilliant connection with somebody else who wants to have their your painting or my painting in their life and it becomes their painting um and you sort of once that painting has been made and it's finished and in a way it's kind of dead to me it's done <laughs> and it, then it has a life somewhere else it's kind of it's, it, it's a it, I think that is successful I think that that's my definition of success is where it's been hung somewhere else and being appreciated by someone else and it's got a life of its own now and how do you measure the success of your own work um I don't know I do. As I say, it's more of a, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, well, I feel that if I can make a living from this, that I can regularly sell my work, then I'm a successful artist. I'm, I can call myself an artist because it's my job. It's what I do. <laughs> I, you know. That, that, that's absolutely perfect. That's cool. So if you can collaborate with any of the artists, who would you like to collaborate with and why? Oh, I saw you asked this on your stories, didn't you? I did, yes. You did. And I thought, what a great question. I should probably think to answer to that. And I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Collaborate with, do you mean in a sense that like I exhibit with them or? Um, Create a piece of work with them. Do you mean make a piece together? Yes, yes. Or, or if you want to exhibit with them, that's probably fun as well, actually. Um, what I'm really interested in, actually, is um, I would when I say another artist, I would like to collaborate with someone who does something quite different from me. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would like, 
I would like to make a real it's so interesting to me the thought of having an exhibition where it caters to all the senses so that the whole thing isn't like an emotional experience so there would be painting there would be sculpting there would be music there would be maybe an element of drama something that encompasses the whole lot I think would be I mean that would be my idea of like a perfect exhibit that really just was this full-on if I was to collaborate with other artists, I can't think of one yeah. who I would, but I would handpick them and we would we would have that vision together, whoever they are. So you're going to create an experience, not an exhibition? Um yeah, an exhibition experience. Let's put yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not I like that. That's so great. That's such a good idea. That's so interesting. Right. So my next question for you is from the last person I interviewed, which is a photographer oh, no. called Passe. Um brilliant brilliant guy um and his question for you he actually has two because he saw your working as has two so the question for you the questions for you is what inspires your paintings look the way they do and what do you think about when you're painting um <laughs> now why do they look like the way they do it worried me when I was younger that I didn't have a style or I didn't oh. have a uh, that I didn't have that you know like I need to find my style but what I didn't realize and I realise now, is that your style is like your handwriting. It it just does its thing. And it um and you can you can maybe manipulate it a bit by by like admiring other people's handwriting, but your handwriting will well your handwriting will always just come out as it does because that's just the limitations of what you do, how you, how you work. And I realise that that just progresses as it goes on. So, like, my my paintings have, the style is really nothing to do with me. It just does it. it, it it's, okay. um, I already have, I can't help having a style because it, I paint so often. It it does what it does. And the second part of that question was, what do you think about when painting? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I flow in, as, as I do, I flow in and out of, when I'm painting, I um, I float in and out from the technical aspect of it. Of right, what shall I do with this bit here? And then if there's music on, I'm thinking about the music there, and maybe thinking about a memory. Um, yeah, no, I definitely. It's the same as going on a walk. Actually, it's the same push pull. It's the same push pull um, relationship where sometimes I'm in my head. And I haven't even realised that I'm like sort of kind of autopilot painting. Yeah. And then other times it's very like, I well, you know, it's like a really detailed bit. I'm thinking, right, better concentrate here, Donna. Come on, you know, be present. Oh. <laughs> so do you have a question you'd like, like me to ask the next person I interview? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but I you can phrase it better than this because like I'm just thinking of it off the oh, yeah. top of my head right now. Um, I am really interested in you know this is not a very uh, like it's not a the post because I don't know who you're going to be interviewing next but I find that one of the most taboo and hardest parts about being an artist apart from calling yourself one is valuing your work and the money that your relationship with money to your art how do you how do you price your work how do you how do have you come up against problems with that? You know, have you, have you, like, I know I have. I know I've come up against um, 
prejudices I have about money, about what it is to be an artist. And, and it comes into your question about what makes a successful artist. And really what makes a successful artist, I suppose, is it's a job and it has to pay you at some point. You know, it has to, you have to be able to put money in the bank so you can make more art. So that's really funny because that's actually very much on my mind with the fine food world at the minute. And um, that's very interesting. And it's something I love to think about in terms of like art and money because, you know, the whole starving artist trope is, you know, is a bit tired now. Like it's not the case. Uh-huh. You can make a living off art quite like, not easily, but you can make a living off art. It, it's, it's possible. Um, and to be it honest, I'm, I'm getting very tired of, of art not being appreciated enough as a career, as a valuable career a viable career so I think yeah I think that's a really good question to ask the idea about kind of yeah I didn't think about how to phrase that there's a question I really like um and I, I love that I just love the whole conversation about kind of consumerism and art and is art a luxury and kind of how do you go about pricing your work and I love that kind of conversation yes, so, I, that's cool it's 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 a I find it a really it's a really difficult thing are you thinking about um because you have to come across you have to overcome your own prejudices about money first and like that's well that's what I found anyway I didn't realize that I I had such a a sticking point about like I think there's there's so many people who it's either you you undervalue your art it's like because it feels maybe easy to you to make or you know it feels that you have to suffer there's this, this idea of suffering and making money rather than because when I paint, it's 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 a pleasurable experience. It's something that fuels me. It's something that's that a lot of people go to a, a job they hate and or a job they're indifferent to, and you know they make their money that way. There's there's just a lot. I don't know. There's a lot of things to overcome first before you can price something you've made. I think that's. First, I think you should definitely have that conversation on social media. I think that'd be so interesting to see. I would love to see what people who follow you say about that. I think that'd be a really interesting conversation to have. So how would you like to develop your practice in the upcoming year? Um, well, there's... Hmm, I'm, at the moment, I am... Well, my husband and I are building a, a holiday home um, about wow. three miles from us. And um, it was designed for the the light and the space in it so that I can exhibit my work in the holiday home so and um, so that my the it's how to um and we're just about to well once once it's ready to be photographed etc um we're building a website for it and like I'm wondering how I'm going to interact my art practice with putting it into a physical space that and how that can be used in like a the idea of people coming to stay there and it being their own personal art gallery that has yeah. my work in it. Well, that's really really cool. That's really really cool. So so that's that's what I'm this this year is mostly going to be about. I've also been through social media speaking to someone who's um, written a very interesting children's story that I'm trying to respond to through landscape so that's that's another thing I'm going to be doing and uh, yep so that's on the horizon as well and I'm wanting to I've got a a lovely guy photographer who works in Sweden he he and I are going to do some kind of collaboration 
um, wow. as well. So that's that's in the pipeline too. <laughs> so I guess my next question, which is the second to last question, you might have just covered it, but I'll ask you anyway. Um, is <laughs> what are you currently working on? And and then this last question would be, and where can people find more about you and your work? Um, well, I'm currently I've got I'm currently doing a huge commission um, that is going to be uh, that I'm planning on putting uh, song lyrics through. It's like a, a woodland scene, so this is this. It's a big canvas. To be to be honest, a little bit scared of this big canvas. It's still in its box. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm sort of warming up. I'm, I'm warming up towards it. It's a, it's about like kind of two meters. Kind of it's it's you know two meters by a meter. Kind of it's it's pretty big. Yeah. And it's <laughs> so um, it's yeah. So it's still in its box, sort of sitting there, sitting there, like I'm, and I'm I'm warming up by doing. <laughs> perversely as I always do tiny tiny little postcard size paintings that, uh, that weirdly I think I was, I was writing about it on Instagram the other day that I've learned a lot from because it's allowed me to make mistakes like big mistakes I, because I'm not scared about starting again on a tiny bit of yeah. board and so that has been I, I'm, like, I'm going from tiny to so I think I'm, what I'm trying to do is make myself excited about working big again because I, I it's very restrictive working in such a small way. So I'm hoping that when I open this canvas, I'm going to go yes, and uh, take out my big palette knives. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Throw some paint about. That's absolutely amazing though. Um, I really hope it goes well for you though. I'm sure it will. Oh, thank you, thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm positive it will. <laughs> um, I'm positive it will. But yeah, I hope it does go well because it's it's a challenge because when you have been working for small for so long yeah working something bigger requires more time more patience kind of just more more of a connection to it, i guess in some ways so yeah, yeah yeah it does yeah and and also the the physicality of it means that you you know you have to use your body in a different yeah. way too like a big canvas like that um and i've got to organize my space as well so it'll it'll be a fun experience um so that's what i'm working on just now and you can find me on Instagram and you can find me at my website as well, which is www.donalouiseurban-artist.co.uk. Is it, is it? I've just made this website, so you maybe need to check me on that. I'll be in the, um, the show notes anyway. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Donna. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, you're, you're so nice to talk to. I'm like, I I'm, I'm... this is the second and final part of my conversation with Donna Louise Alvin. If you have any questions or comments about the interview, please send me an email at theflyingfruitball at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of different sites such as YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of the platforms to help spread the word and garner more attention. Please also don't forget to check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and for written interviews. Also, if you're a creative, 
please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. Lastly, we now also have a Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Tiers start from £1, and you can find more information at patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit roll. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe. <laughs>